It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. From the Bud Light Studios, Bud Light, easy to Sunday. KKSEFM HD1, Profield Denver, Boulder. Hey, it's Nate Kregman. It's Andy Lindahl. You've got Denver Sports Talk. Join us for Kregman and Lindahl today at 3. On the station where you get it all. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Christopher Dempsey. This is Dempsey and Company on a 2K Tuesday. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Preparing for the downside of Y2K. They misunderestimated that we love a neighbor in need. Text or tweet your throwback requests. That's hot, that's hot, that's hot. No for you! 2K Tuesday and all Denver sports. Dempsey and Company. Holla! Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. He's got it. Michigan barrels in. And the maze in blue on the brink of ending a championship drought. Nachushkin picks it up at center, right between the circles. Nachushkin holding. He scores! The 2 2 trade pulls into the station. And he wins it in the shootout for the Colorado Avalanche, who walk home tonight with the extra point. Nachushkin, with an absolute laser, goes glove side on Swayman. And the Avalanche, after being blown out versus the Florida Panthers two days ago, bounce back. And in a shootout, they defeat the Boston Bruins by a final score of 4-3. to three. It's a 2K Tuesday here on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Dempsey and Company is the program. I'm your host, Alex Ryan Emmy. You guys know me better as Raj, joined as always by super producer Steve Nelson, Josh Grismer behind the glass in the Bud Light Studios, and the namesake of the program after a national championship, an Avs 4-3 shootout win. He's Christopher A. Dempsey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. what a night. What a night last night. Um, all the fun things happening. This is a fun time of year, man. I mean, we're starting to transition into some pro uh, playoff football. And the natty happened. Uh, we're going to get some, uh, we're going to get into the meat of the, the hockey and basketball seasons. It's great. 
Uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about the halfway point of the NHL year. We'll get into that a little bit later. Segment two will break down this Avs win. Again, 4-3 shootout win at home over the Boston Bruins. It was a hostile home environment as most games against, you know, Boston, Chicago, New York, LA teams are when you're here in Denver because, you know, people move here, right? We got calls on the, the postgame show about, yeah, Boston fans travel well. No, they don't. They don't travel well for a game number 40 on the season they live here they're in Englewood they're in Parker they're in Sterling Ranch they are your neighbors um we'll get into that a, a little bit later but 34-13 is the final in the national championship game last night uh will Jim Harbaugh or John will he sorry Jim or John will Jim Harbaugh decide to move on from Michigan after having the perfect season 15-0 and mm-hmm. um your your initial reactions on that game mine were I expected Michigan to win that game. I thought it was going to be way closer. I did not expect the absolute dominance in the trenches that Michigan had. Well, yeah, it's a good question because, and I was, I was kind of honestly, I was hoping Washington would win that game. But, um, you know, one of the questions I had even for Mike Sanford yesterday was, can Washington block that Michigan defensive line? And, you know, the, the, the reason why I had that question is because we saw what that Michigan defensive line did to the Alabama offensive front, just like bad snaps all, all game long. Uh, Michigan defenders just living in the Alabama backfield pretty much all game long. And then so the question is, is their defensive line that good or was Alabama's offensive line that average? And if you're going to say to me that Al- Alabama's offensive line was at least OK, then I'm going to go with. Michigan's defensive line is amazing, and Washington now has their real hand, their hands full uh, with trying to keep these guys out of the backfield, and they could not. And you know, to your point, they were beaten up in a way that Washington's offensive line has not been beaten up this way at any point the entire season. And by the end of that game, Michael Penix had to be continually peeled up off the field uh, because he was taking all of the hits all night long. And, you know, you had that coupled with the fact that um, Dylan Johnson just couldn't play. And I thought I, I was fearful for Washington in that respect because you can't get to the running game that you really want. And that running game would subsequently slow down a Michigan pass rush just a little bit, thereby allowing you to be more balanced. Um, They didn't have that option. So they dropped back to pass more often than not. And he got smashed. Um, Congratulations to Michigan because that, that was a a heck of a a heck of a a performance from them. Um, And uh, you know, look, I, my, my personal feelings about John Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh is I, I was hoping that he wouldn't win, but I don't care. I, you know, ultimately, I don't care. His team was really, really good. Really good. They did whatever they wanted to on the ground. Uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards just had a field day, 138 yards combined. Sorry, 238 yards combined on the ground, four touchdowns between the two of them. Uh, and, and they were able to mask, I guess, the biggest question mark on that offense is can J.J. McCarthy get it done for you and the team around McCarthy that Harbaugh was able to put on the field it showed you he probably could have done that with damn near anyone at quarterback if you are that dominant on the offensive line you can do whatever you want while rushing the football you're going to win most games and say what you want about Harbaugh say what you want about the Michigan Wolverines and the cheating scandal this year and the multiple suspensions when it comes down to it Michigan won clean. 
it's not like they were it's not like they were cheating in this game. It's not like they were cheating in the semifinal. It's not like they were cheating in the final four games of the year when Harbaugh was suspended and they were under investigation not only by the NCAA but the FBI. Like say what you want about that team. Hate Michigan all you want. But just, those final games, the most important games of the year that they won convincingly were clean. Yeah, it, it's just that the whole season wasn't. And you know, it, what, to see some interviews from uh, Harbaugh and uh, you know the the mantra that they kind of um, uh, adopted over the course of the season was kind of an us against the world. They don't think that you're as good as you really are against the world. Like, actually you might not have thought your team was as good as it actually was because you were the one going out doing the cheating. Because if you believed your team was that good, why do anything? Why do you need to do? Why do you even need to think about doing anything extra when you know you have the best players every single day, every single Saturday when that football team hits the field? Now you had never gotten it done, though. You had never gotten it done. You had never gotten Michigan back to the promised land. You if hadn't you won a bowl game. So you had you were to cheat to do it. Going, you had to try and find a way to get an edge. And the argument is that well, Michigan got caught. Everyone does this. I understand, but I I'm looking at the final games of the season when they were under the microscope. If you're looking at Michigan and going, ah, asterisk on the season, you can't. Look at what they did against Penn State. They dominated them defensively. A 24-15 win against the Nittany Lions on the road. They had a tough game where they almost threw it away against Maryland, only score or only winning by a touchdown uh, on the road. And then they beat Ohio State by six points, covering the spread. They shut out Iowa, which not difficult isn't a difficult yeah. thing to do, but still put up 26 points against a very good Iowa defense, who is a top 15, top 20 ranked team the entire season. And then you do everything in your power to lose a semifinal game against Alabama, and you still cover a seven-point spread there, 27-20 and you blow out Washington in a national championship game. Every single one of those games, you were under the microscope. And while you can look back and go, oh yeah, they cheated, they had guys behind enemy lines, I'm going to say what I said before the semifinal. College football playoff committee, they got this thing right. Michigan was far and away the best team in the country, cheating or not. Well, yeah, I I don't... I don't think we know, but they did win. So, I mean, uh, you know, that that's uh, I mean, you got to give them credit for that. I just you know, it's a, to me, it's a, it's a it's it's a you that those coaches did a disservice to those uh, young men on that football team. That's a heck of a football team. They didn't need to cheat for do. They didn't need to cheat in any single game this season for to, to get you to get where they needed to go because they were just that good. Um, Alabama, I think, threw away a game. I mean, that Alabama was the team that probably should have beaten them, um, but they didn't because, well, you know what? The better team kind of who's going to make the plays when it's when it's when it's time, and the better team does that. So Michigan was the best team. There's no doubt about that. Um, just a, a great running team. I'll tell you what, though, um, if if you were in the JJ McCarthy uh, camp, um, he's a ni- he's a nice quarterback. He's a and, very and I, impressive athlete. Very impressive. I would not draft him. 
at all. He doesn't look like an NFL prototype quarterback to me, but again, his athleticism is nuts. His ability to extend plays, he stays in the pocket, he takes hit, but when he needs to flush out, he can throw a bullet on the run. And I do appreciate that of him. I I don't think he fits here. If we're thinking about, you know, Broncos future quarterbacks, I don't think he fits here in Denver under Sean Payton as well as the guy who admittedly struggled very much last night in Michael Penix Jr., 27 of 51, 255 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Like He struggled. He got hit a bunch yesterday. But if you're looking for a prototype quarterback for Sean Payton, Penix feels more along the lines of that than McCarthy did. I don't think if we're just going off of one game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even draft McCarthy in the first round. I just wouldn't. I mean that that is a. I understand that uh, that Harbaugh said the week before that he was the greatest quarterback in Michigan, the greatest quarterback in Michigan history, which is hyperbole. But the um, you know, what he was asked I mean, Tom to Brady do did play at Michigan. Yeah, he wasn't that great at Michigan though. Oh, we're talking about Michigan Wolverine career. Yeah. Chad Henney was pretty yes, good. Yes, yes. Chad Henney had look, a good uh, run. He never won a national championship. I know. That, Harbaugh said that last week, and I, you know, whatever. But you're asking, it's, he's the quarterback that you're. What we don't know about J.J. McCarthy is a. Could he run a, a, a passing offense, like an offense that throws the football a lot? A. B. Do we know that we don't? I, I we don't know what he looks necessarily looks like under pressure. We don't know necessarily what it lo- what he looks like throwing into tight windows. We don't necessarily know what he looks like like all of those things that he has not been tested on because Michigan has been so good running the football, so good, and then just asking the quarterback here just just point guard this out for us, right? The, uh, the 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 quick passes, the screen passes, the whatevers, um, and he is great at that, and he can extend, and he can run. His athleticism obviously jumps off the screen, but I don't know that I love him as a pro, but certainly not for the Broncos. Certainly not for the Broncos. If you're choosing between the two quarterbacks you saw last night, yeah, I would, it's still Penix. It's still, yeah, it's still Penix. You know, Although there's one thing, and I know I haven't watched a whole ton of film on him, and we're gonna have Mike Sanford on later on the program to talk about big Penix or shrinking Penix energy that happened last night. He's probably still the guy that Sanford wants the Broncos to end up drafting. I did see something last night that I hadn't seen in my admittedly small amount of of film that I've watched on him and games that I've watched. He's comfortable in the pocket, but he doesn't climb it. And that was one thing that I didn't necessarily love is that like he throws flat-footed all the time. He doesn't escape out of the pocket. He doesn't get flustered or get happy feet, but he doesn't climb pockets and throw with his feet as he's moving up, right? Shuffling up, throwing underneath. That was the one thing that I missed yesterday. Yeah, and I think it was part of that was it was difficult for him because Michigan gets such a good push right in your face. And so it's you know, it, it was a tough day for Michael Penix yesterday. And and Michigan, look, that defense has been great all season long. And Michigan makes a lot of really good quarterbacks look really average. And and so I, I think if you were if what you were trying to do, especially as Broncos fans and what we we were really dialed in on on Michael Penix and just my just to see what he would look like. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry so much about yesterday. I, I just wouldn't. You know, I mean, that is. If you get into a scenario, even in pro football, where all you're getting is hit and sacked and rushed, and it this just is the, no quarterback survives that, you know, and has a great game. And so it's 
that's what he was faced with yesterday. He, they had no running game to speak of. What did you say? 51 passes? 51 attempts? 51 times? He 51 attempts. They okay. carried the ball 20 times for yeah. 46 yards. No touchdowns on the ground. There you go. I mean, uh, when you see 51 attempts, unless you're talking about the late Mike Leach in, the, in his system, then you're then I'll show you a game where the quarterback was the, there was no running game you were behind in the game and it was, and that's just what it was. We'll get back into it a little bit more later. Broncos have their year end presser coming up at noon. We'll take that live right here on Altitude Sports Radio 925 with PhD. On the other side, Abs 4-3 winners in overtime, a couple of weird penalties and non-calls. Also, a historic night in terms of time on ice last night for Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton. I'll tell you what they did. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've got Dempsey and Company. Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5. Yeah, I thought, you know, that's part of, like, that, that complete game throughout the lineup, that's one of our best of the year. Um, and then you start looking at some of the guys that are out, right? You're missing your second pair in Manson and Byram. Um, you're missing a handful of forwards. It's, yeah, and every team goes through it. you got to find ways to win without guys. But, like, for young guys coming into a game with that kind of temperature, I, I thought they all did a pretty nice job. And, and um, our, our other guys certainly... You know, the, the regular guys that are here all the time certainly dug in. And we had some nice performances from a bunch of guys tonight. So I like that, you know, character, bounce back, resiliency of our group. Jared Bednar after the Avs. 4-3 shootout win last night at Ball Arena. 17 wins now at home. No other team in the National Hockey League has even 15 at home. Vancouver and Vegas both 14-4-1 and one on their home sheets. Those are the next best teams uh, when playing in their own friendly confines. Uh, beautiful move from Val Nachushkin. Uh, Alexander Georgiev goes 3-for-3 three three in the shootout. And despite numbers not necessarily looking so great for Georgiev, another sub-900 performance, uh, this is a time where science and data and numbers will lie to you. Georgie was good last night. He lost his mind and snapped his stick in half uh, after the second <laughs> sure goal, did. which... DMAC asked Bednar, he was like, hey, what the heck was going on with that? And Bedsy was like, hey, I, I don't know if I want my goaltender showing that much emotion. But after that, he was fine. Uh, he made grade A stops. Boston is a very good team. And while you haven't seen anyone separate themselves from the pack in the East or the West, you could have very well seen a Stanley Cup final preview last night. Well, actually, it's funny because when I was watching that game, that's exactly how it felt to me. I, well, my first thought was, boy, this would be fun if these two teams were in the Stanley Cup final. Like that, these be a great series. It, it felt, Raj, it felt like a playoff game to me last night. That's it, that's what that felt like, it, and and I was just watching it on the TV screen. So like that energy came through the screen, and um, I I I. I 
it, it was very impressive. And Georgiev, especially in that first period, they needed him to make some stops on some... Uh, like, uh, Boston had two or three really good chances to take immediate control of that game. And Georgiev just said no. He said, no, it's, it's, not, it's not going down like that today. And, and, and once the Avs were able, obviously, to get themselves into it, we had a, a really, really nice contest. The saves you're talking about, uh, the DeBrusque breakaway in the first period, the Charlie Coyle turnover when the Avs were on a power play, gets the puck away from uh, McCarr and from McKinnon in the, the defensive zone uh, for the Avs and finds a way to make a save there. Like Those were the type of self-inflicted wounds that Jared Bednar has been talking about all mm-hmm. season. Is that, like, we, we do this to ourselves, and then we can't get a save. You got the saves last yep. night. Like, there's not really a goal that I look at last night that Georgiev let in that I went, ah, really wish you would have had that one. He made the saves when you needed to. It didn't necessarily have the same amount of volume that Jeremy Swayman did uh, for the Bruins, and Swayman was sensational last night. That little blocker save that he made uh, backdoor in the third period where Jonathan Drouin sent a cross-ice pass in the power play to McCarr was... That's a 10-bell save. Yeah, You give McCarr 10 shots, he probably puts 9 of those home. The only one he's saving is the one that he doesn't elevate over the blocker that Swayman makes the save on. Um, Nathan McKinnon, I I told you this a couple weeks ago when the Avs were playing uh, against Anaheim, and this was another shootout game for the Avs. They lost 4-3 back on December 12th. He played 29 minutes and 35 seconds of time on ice. At the time, that was ranked within the top 12 all-time for forwards time on ice in a regular season game. And when I say all-time, it goes back to 2005 when they started tracking this by player after the lockout. Um, You know what happened last night? Well, Nathan McKinnon broke that, Mm -hmm. and he was the number one all-time leader in time on ice for forwards in a regular season game at 30 minutes and 22 seconds until they updated it this morning. And Miko Rantanen, his teammate, played 30 minutes and 23. So you have... (laughs) You have a dominant first line right now. Yeah. And Bednar is not afraid to play those guys. McKinnon, Nachushkin, Rantanen, Makar, Taves. When they're on the ice, they carry the play. Yeah. So he's going to put them out constantly. And look, in, in games like that, where well, you got to have it. I, you know, the reality of the situation is that they are trying to keep pace with the Winnipeg Jets, and Winnipeg has two games in hand on them um, as well. And you are trying to keep pace at the same time as your schedule is turning into just the, the complete minefield of, of all minefields. And so you got to put the guys on the ice for 30 minutes, you got to do it, but it's, um, I don't know if that's sustainable over the course of the, the remaining, uh, the balance of the season. That's the issue, right? Is while you see guys who control the play as well as those five do, you can't keep pushing these guys out there for 30 minutes at a time. I, I was looking at the top 20 for guys who have, you know, played over. 29 minutes in a regular season game. Again, this this data going back to 2005. There's only one other player who shows up on that list that's not part of the Avs in 2021-22 that won a Stanley Cup championship, and that was Rob the Bod Brindamore back in 2005-2006, the year after the lockout when the Hurricanes won the Cup. Like All of the other players in there are on teams that didn't get it done, or frankly, bad hockey teams like Ilya Kovalchuk and the Atlanta Thrashers back in the middle... Tw- or 2000s so I I look at those numbers and I go while last night was the blueprint of how the Avs can win a cup as currently constituted and keep in mind they they did this without 
Miles Wood, right. who was sick. They did this without Josh Manson, who left after pregame skate with a lower body injury. They've done this without Arturi Lekkinen, who's about to miss his 30th straight game. All of these players have not been on the ice, and you found a way to beat Boston in a game in which both teams played really, really well. Yeah. I just worry that it's not sustainable unless you go out and get some more help on the forward side. You need guys that can eat minutes. And you found you found players last night. Or like Jonathan Drouin played 28 minutes. Yep. Granted, they had six power plays last night, and Drouin's out there for 90 seconds every power play. You had Logan O'Connor who jumped up there yeah, into the 20-minute mark. Great goal. goal. Yep. There's these weird, weird situations where I, I didn't notice this early on, but Mark Springer did probably two years ago, and he went... Is, is that Nathan McKinnon just talking about a play? And I was like, no, he's wearing 25. That's Logan O'Connor. What are you talking about? And I'm not yeah. saying O'Connor could be McKinnon, but there's these spurts of of energy where he is buzzing down and hunting a puck. That was the same thing. Last night on his goal, he looked like Nathan McKinnon on his puck pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hunted that puck down, and those uh, two uh, the Bruins defenders ended up kind of colliding a little bit. Um, he takes it and he scores. They actually made mention of this on the um, broadcast that, you know, LOC, um, his ability to to pot super highlight worthy goals like he comes up with some um, memorable goals. Let's put it that way. And uh, to your point there. And and um, but look, you know, it, it's I think those things were not, not that they were missing from the abs, not that they were largely missing, but like you needed to have you need plays like that being made or like Tavon Taves the other day. Um, you know, to set up uh, the, the final goal there, the Nathan McKinnon goal. But um, I, I, I loved what I saw. Um, I still wish they wouldn't have <laughs> breakdowns that lead to breakaways or just odd man rushes. Like, please, let's not do more of that. But, but by and large, this was a good game, man. And and now we're halfway into the season, Raj. And and my question to you, although before I get to that, I know, and, and you touched on this in the first segment. I know that, I mean, the Nuggets have dealt with this in the past, and they actually don't deal with this anymore. But when you get these teams with national followings, um, you, you, you sometimes get arenas that are split, whatever, you know, to whatever degree. Last night, and you can just tell me if I'm wrong here, um, that was as many opposing fans as I think I have ever heard in an Avs game it in was that loud. arena. It was loud, man. So many jerseys. And I, I don't know if you're going to get away from it. You just can't. There's too many people moving here. Yeah. It, this is not terrible towel Pittsburgh fans traveling for a one-off game in Denver. Mm-hmm. Th- that ain't it. They're just the, Bruins fans are not traveling out here for game number 40. I can guarantee that. And we were trying to look at their schedule. I was like, oh, well, they go to Scottsdale tomorrow, and then they're in Vegas two days after that. Just to see if the fans might be... Maybe you're you're following that. So, like, I suppose if there was a contingency of 5,000 Boston fans that were like, hey, let's go ski veil for two days, (laughs) then go watch the Bruins on Monday, and then we'll continue this gallivanting tour around the Western United States, oh, just a week after the holidays. Like, I don't know who has that job and that PTO contract, but I want it. No, they live here. They, oh are, they are your neighbors. Yeah. They've got Colorado plates. They've got semi-native stickers. Yeah. They live here. Yeah. They do not travel for this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just a, it was interesting kind of uh, seeing that pop. It's a bunch too. of people went to Boston University and BC and all the D three NESCAC schools up there, and they're like, Massachusetts sucks. I'm not going to spend the next ten years of my life out here. I'm going to the Rocky Mountains. It's the same thing I did at Syracuse. Right, right. You I left. Den- I left Denver to go to school, and then I came back, and I went. This yeah, place is I'm amazing. Never, I'm never going back to Western <laughs> New York. No shot. That's true. It's the truth. Okay. So we're 41 games in. Um, what's your overall assessment of the Avs? Uh, great, not elite. So I, I think if you get last night's game with the team that they have and the guys coming back from injury, not necessarily Gabe, just the three mentioned Wood, Manson, and Lekkonen. You can win a cup with that team, but you have to get that version of Alexander Georgiev. You must get contributions from the bottom six, which you got last night. I wonder, however, if you run your guys into the ground like Bednar's doing right now, and he has no choice but to mm-hmm. because the middle six is just blah in terms of scoring. I wonder if that would run its course in the playoffs when it's going to get tough. Like, you will see Dallas in the second round, and then you're either going to have to see L.A. or Vegas in a conference final, which is going to be brutal, and then whoever's going to come out of the East, like, whoever comes out of the East is going to be a really good team. I I think it's going to be the Rangers, maybe, or Boston. I think it's New York or Boston out of the East, but, like, if Carolina or Tampa came out, again, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm Mm-hmm. I still think you need to make a move. And unfortunately, I believe the abs are going to have to make a decision as to what move they want to make. If you want to make an impact move at the deadline in March, either with a forward or with a goaltender, you're going to have to give up a first round pick and a prospect. Not necessarily a stud, but a first and a prospect. So if you want to go out and get a guy like Elias Lindholm from the the Calgary Flames, who really good two-way player he's a pending free agent so he would be a rental you'd have to give up a first and like uh, oscar allowson you might be able to give up the the kid from oshawa that you drafted last year in a first round you don't necessarily know uh what he's going to be at this point in richie but if you want to get a guy like that that's going to be the asking price Mm -hmm. which means you won't have the ammunition to go out and get a stud goaltender at that time right if you want to go out and try and get a stud goalie like i've thrown out the name uc soros in nashville really good guy probably have to give up the same amount do they need to get a stud goaltender i don't think so i think they need to get a legit backup uh uh, they need to get a 1b they need to get what we saw last night jeremy swayman and linus olmark are 1a 1b right i think your give can be the 1a he just needs to have the ability to get more nights off than he is right now and you have to be able to be confident in your backup which i don't think the abs are in prosvatov or on if if minnesota falls out of favor and they're way out of the playoff race. Could you get Marc Andre Fleury for a mm. fourth round draft pick? Maybe. Yeah. Could do it. Yeah. Guy who's tied with Patrick Waugh for second most wins all time right now. He got shelled last night, but he's going to be second all time by the time he he retires. He's yeah. a first ballot Hall of Famer. Could he be your one B? I think he's got one more playoff run in him. He's oh, not going to be a sure. starter, but if you need four starts out of him in the playoffs, if you need to get another fifteen to eighteen starts out of him for the rest of the regular season, I think he could do it. Yeah. When you also, also Malinsky was Malinsky's goal last night. That guy's huh? good. Wow. That guy's good. What? <laughs> they love him too. Yeah. Um, I said this a few weeks ago. He makes a couple of guys on the team expendable in the offseason. 
And the Avs are going to have to make some cap maneuvering. They they are by no means the Broncos in the offseason, but they do. They have some cap issues, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you've got the McKinnon extension. You have to worry about McCarr in a couple of years. You have to worry about Ranton in a couple of years. Well, and the Landeskog money comes back, right? Right. If, yep. if Landy is healthy, the mm-hmm. Landeskog money comes back on the books, so you don't get those $7 million of, of LTIR, um, which means likely someone on the back end is going to have to move. Sam Malinsky is cheap. He is young. He is cost controllable. And and they love that player. Just 15 games into his career, he is a prototypical abs defenseman. Right-handed shot, moves the puck well. Um, they love him. When you look at the new acquisitions in total, uh, what grade are we given that right now? I think it's probably a B minus. Drew N's been sensational. Yeah, he's been really good. Johansson has been underperforming and just doesn't look like a fit although if you played him at third line center i think you can make it fit mm-hmm. so like if you go out and you get a lindholm then johansson works for me yeah he's not a second line center just isn't anymore doesn't have the foot speed um i love miles wood i love ross colton but while they are what i expected out of them colton is being paid more and needs to produce more yeah so i need to see more goals out of him in the second half that's why i think it's a b minus yeah yeah um yeah for me i love miles wood um ross colton has become one of my favorite players i just i don't know why (laughs) i just like him i just like him he kind of he tends to be around the puck a lot and and um has these games where he's kind of the glue guy i really like it um but yeah and, and we knew that when they added i mean they added a lot of different players they added a lot and for that to immediately work it's just that's not a thing i mean you're going to have to it takes time to get uh people um used to the system used to the teammates used to everything the culture all the things and you know it's why remember early on when we had uh, chris mcfarland on when we were at the uh, arena it, it was coming right off the heels of that immediate start was at 6 and 0 start that they had and everybody was looking great all the time and we asked him you know but but i mean is there there still remains a learning curve, right? You know, there still remains, you know, chemistry that has to be gained and formed. And he said, yeah, I mean, this is not, despite our start, there is more to the story here. And we're starting to see some of that. Play right. Out. You are starting to see it start to gel, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, hey, you're 40 games in, everything's going to work. The chemistry is going to work. I, I think that you are seeing a lot of those pieces gel together and you're seeing a couple of them fall off. Tatar didn't necessarily fit. Johansson doesn't fit as a top six forward, so he is going to have to go in at the trade deadline and make some moves because you're you're in win-now mode. You are. You are in, when you have Rantanen, McKinnon, Taves, Makar, Nachushkin, all of these guys signed, you are in win-now mode. Like, you should be so lucky to be in the realm that the Penguins are in right now, where you're just fighting to stay relevant with all these guys who are 36 years old and and older, who have three Stanley Cup championships. Now you're in cap hell. You have no farm system. I hope to God, 10 years from now, we're looking at the Avs and going... They're not really a playoff team, but who the hell cares? Remember how great those three cups were? That's where McFarlane and Sackick are right now. Big news out of the NFL. A head coach just got fired. I'll tell you who it is next. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Watch the show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AltitudeSR. Brought to you by Safeway. Would you cut your d- off for a Super Bowl? Oh, been married 20 years. Yeah, probably. You've got three. <clears throat> As a player, I guess we'll be married for 20 years one day. <laughs> Mike Vrabel talking about what extremity that he would uh, part ways with to win a Super Bowl, even though he has three as a player. Well, he's not going to have to do that in Tennessee. <laughs> Mike Vrabel, formerly the NFL's coach of the year in 2022, fired by the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, I look, it, it's when you... When you continually fall short of your goal, that is the only outcome that awaits you. But if I was another team, I'd hire Mike Vrabel in a millisecond. I think he's a great coach. And I think um, it's no more better illustrated than what they did uh, the other day to to eliminate the Jacksonville Jaguars out of the playoffs. And... You know his teams always play hard for him. He had a quarterback problem. You know there there were there was a, a couple of years there where Tennessee uh, under him they were threatening. You know people were looking at him and that 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 team is coming. Like that team could be a real contender to get to a Super Bowl, but Ryan Tannehill never could get him there. And look, it, it's we have we're having this conversation with the Broncos now we've had it for many many years the quarterback is the issue the quarterback is the main thing and not Derrick Henry not a great defense and and not a, a great culture um could get them to where they want to go but he was I, I I'm not surprised but I I will be more surprised if he doesn't get another job maybe not immediately but another job for Nick if he is not coaching next season it would better be just because he didn't want to coach. So do you wait? If you're a guy like him, right? Because he's probably the hottest name out there now, not named Jim Harbaugh. Right. Right. Like Harbaugh's probably the number one target for most of these teams out yep. there. I would assume Vrabel's number two. He would have to be. He would have to if be. You Unless you don't get one of the, the job you want. Right. Like if you don't get the Chargers job, which feels like it's the most intriguing one because of the quarterback situation, because of being able to live out there and play at SoFi, uh, even though you don't have the same following that the Rams do. It's yeah. like a weird transient weird. team. But if if you're successful there, I think there is that, that allure of, I can make the Chargers work in LA. I can be the guy. Um, that's probably the most exciting, most enticing job offer out there. Washington, not necessarily so much good defense, which might get him around that area, but no quarterback. Um, but you're going to draft one. You will draft one, mm-hmm. so you can go get your guy. Yep. You don't have to worry about the Snyder situation anymore. Right. Vegas could be enticing. Maybe. I just don't think he's going anywhere where, if I'm Vrabel now, I'm not going anywhere where the quarterback situation is uncertain. Because so, what about Carolina? Is that certain or uncertain? That's a good question. Bryce Young I, struggles mightily in his first season, but 
He number started, one overall pick. And he started playing better a little bit over the, at, toward the end of the season. Right. So I would say that the quarterback situation in Carolina is certain. But if I'm Mike Rabel, I'm not going to Carolina and playing or in coaching under David Tepper. <laughs> oh, no that. chance. <laughs> you don't like him. He's a, he's a crazy person. Now. He's a you psycho. <laughs> that guy goes through head coaches and GMs like they're sticks of gum. He does. And he just got into the league. He does. So like if I'm Vrabel, I look at Carolina and I go, thanks, but no thanks. Right. I look at Washington and I say, maybe, yeah. but Vegas and LA are my two most enticing jobs. However, however... Does Vrabel being available now entice Robert Kraft to truly cut ties with Bill Belichick? Because oh. now you have a guy that has been that is endeared to your fan base. Oh boy, that you would actually know be what a you're really getting. good fit. He's a champion, and he can bring the same Belichick style to the Patriots without being the curmudgeony old fart that doesn't necessarily match up with today's players. Because as we've seen. Vrabel's one of the guys in the league that is loved, absolutely beloved by his players. And Diana Rossini spoke to to Derrick Henry. Uh, She just tweeted this 12 minutes ago. Henry says, wow, I'm shocked. Coach is a leader of men. He's a great coach and teacher. I know he'll get another opportunity right away. I look forward to it. And Derrick Henry will not be back with the Tennessee Titans. He did his long, you know, in front of the whole stadium, grab a microphone and say, thank you for the best nine years of my life. He's gone too. Yep. Do you look at that if you're Robert Kraft and go, yes, 100%. I might because, be. Yes, 100%. Because you are also picking third. So, um, you know, you are going to get, you're going to be able to turn over the quarterback situation in a way that at least is better than what you had. I mean, if the first two quarterbacks go off the board before you pick at third, um, then you're basically probably left with. My um, guess is that you're going to be left with Jay, what Daniels and Jane Daniels will be the guy available at three. Penix would be available at three if you wanted him, but it's probably Daniels, Daniels. coming off of a Heisman Trophy season. Yeah, and and we might see some flip flopping between uh, Daniels and Drake May in terms of who is at the actual second best quarterback. I think we'll start to see that situation play out as we get closer to the draft. But yeah, so look. The best quarterback situation is the Chargers. Number one, you have Justin Herbert. That's great. That's the offense. Things are set there. Um, they have a cap situation there too. There, their finances are really horrific um, there in in Los Angeles. But okay, best quarterback situation is that one. Two, I would go. You could go Washington or New England because you're going to draft one of those quarterbacks, and that's going to give you a sit uh, just a. Uh, the opportunity to grow with the talent, with the real talent, which is what he never really had in 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 Tennessee, and then three, I would go Carolina because you do have you, you got Bryce Young there, and all you got to do is develop him and, and keep him on the right track. And I know the owner is a problem, but maybe the owner wants to be less of a problem. It doesn't, he's been, doesn't say he's the been, dude is but, launching Chardonnays at people sitting in the 12th row. I know they, 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 they docked him 300,000 for that though. So like maybe he, he doesn't seem like time. a bird that wants to change his feather. He's also made very bad decisions in terms of 
his uh, his his head coaches and his GMs. Like he has gotten no return um, on what he has hired. Carolina, that's his problem. I know, and because because it's his problem, Carolina feels like a landing destination for a coach that is not yet proven himself. Hasn't gotten his chance. And you look at Carolina, you go, well, this is my shot. Got to make it work. I, I have a hard time seeing a veteran head coach with as much respect around the league as Mike Vrabel has going to a team like Carolina with that ownership situation. Well, because just, you know you have way better spots to land. Well, and yet there's only, what, 30 of these jobs? 32 of these jobs. And so at... At some point, you got to take what's out there as well. Now, I think he'll be able to have more control over the situation he goes into, more so than say uh, Ben Johnson, the uh, the the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, or Slowick, the offensive coordinator um, in in Houston. They're most likely just going to have to take the opportunity that comes to them. Um, but I think that's a conversation, Raj. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think you could sit down with the owner and go, okay, but the, what scares me about this situation is that you seem to go through GMs and coaches as if we can, you can just toss us away as if we're just ragdolls and get some assurances from him that, look, if it doesn't look great for a year or two, that you're going to stick to the program, that you believe in this program, that you're going to stick to it, and that we will be, uh, we will get to where we need to go, but we can't do that if you're going to have uh, just, just all, all the all the instability. Maddie's got a great question uh, on the text line. 303-504-0925 is where you can reach us on the Shant Mazda text line. How many head coaching vacancies or would-be vacancies are now sitting on the fence as of this morning with Vrabel being available. Because you can look at Chicago and, right, Chicago's been in the news because, well, is Jim Harbaugh going to come here? Could we grab that guy? But you know who hasn't been fired? Matt Eberflus. Like Which I think he's not. I think there's a, there were some reports that said he might be safe. He's still got a job. Like, what happens yeah. if Dallas loses this weekend? Do you fire Mike McCarthy because you go, hey, we can go get Mike Vrabel. That guy's better than McCarthy. No. Because Jerry Jones just came out yesterday and said he was so impressed with is, Mike, Mike McCarthy. Is Jonathan Gannon going to stay with Arizona after uh-huh. being hired last year? Right now, he's still there. Like, There's a lot of these things that are kind of sitting uh, in the balance. Who are you going to keep? Who are you not going to keep? But if a guy like Vrabel comes up, you might see some of these these head coaching positions that were not going to be vacancies start to come open within the next week. Yeah, I... I and and that'd be great for him because now that's just a bigger pool uh, for him to to swim in. I, I just I just think that if you got to look at the Chargers numero uno, although the finances are weird, you got to look at Washington number two because at that situation is probably honestly if you believed in one of, if you really believed in one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft, Washington is probably the place you want to go. I would have said that before the sweat in the young trades though. It's okay. He like like Vrabel has been good at finding defensive talent and then getting that defensive talent to really perform. I mean, like like the, the, the Titans have had some big name defensive starters, but not by and large. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that defense is the sum of its parts. It's 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 been um, he has done a good job with that. But Washington would be, I think, the most intrigued. The ownership is much better. To your point about the situation in Carolina, um, 
you got the number two pick, so your quarterback situation you you would expect would be much much better. Um, and like I, I just think it's a you know they're they're trying to look they're trying to move the facility to Virginia or whatever they're trying to do. They're trying to make improvements to that team. They really seem invested in it, and they want to do it the right way. And that's a situation that you you want to be a part of. A whole bunch more to get into here on a Two K Tuesday. Alex Ryan Emmy alongside Christopher Dempsey. Get in your song requests from the '90s and the 2000s to Steve Nelson. He'll play them uh, as bumper music throughout the show. Broncos are going to have their year-end press conference starting at noon. We will carry that live right here on 92.5. Demps and I are going to be joined by Tyler Plumis and DMAC in the final segment of the 11 o'clock hour. We'll have Nelly's NFL Notes. Coach Mike Sanford to talk about the national championship game. We'll go back into the Avs win 4-3 against the Boston Bruins. So much more to get on in the second half of the program. Raj and Demps, it's Altitude. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.